I'm Mitch Album, and welcome to the Tuesday People podcast, a podcast inspired by the book Tuesdays with Maury, which I wrote some 25 years ago now, and the lessons that I learned that changed my life and apparently have changed millions of people's lives of those who have read that book and shared it and passed it on. The wisdom of my old college professor, Maury Schwartz, who during his dying days and months from Lou Gehrig's disease, spent every Tuesday with me in what turned out to be a last class together in what's important in life once you know you're going to die. And those lessons resonate truer and truer, certainly as I get older and apparently as many other people in our community do. We're glad to have you here. We hope you had a great holiday weekend. Lisa Goitz, my friend and producer, is alongside as always. Hi, Lisa. Good to see you. Happy Tuesday. Always nice to see you. Today we're going to talk about silence. Silence and the value of silence. Silence and how it leads to an inevitable adjacent activity, listening. It's tough not to listen when you're not talking because your ears take over. It's very easy not to listen when you are talking because when you are talking, your mind is bent on saying what you have to say. And so if you've ever been involved in a debate with somebody or a heated argument with somebody where you are spewing your opinion and they are spewing their opinion, have you ever noticed that you really can't hear what they're saying because you're, you're so busy, like you're focusing on the point that you're making. Oh, yeah. So, you know, what you don't understand is that this is that, 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 And they could be saying, but what you don't understand is that, 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 But you can only hear generally one of the two things. And you tend to hear the thing that you're saying because you're focusing on your saying it. And you're focusing on how you want to say it. And, of course, right. more likely than not, you think you're right. <laughs> and that's why you want to say it right. louder. Or whatever. And then you'll hear like one word of what they said. You know, it's like, blah, 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 ungrateful. Ungrateful? How can I be ungrateful when you're... Blah, 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 and it goes on like that. Well, I learned the value of silence from Maury Schwartz back when, long before I revisited him in his dying days, back when he was a college professor at Brandeis University. And he tried these different techniques with kids. And here he is from our sessions together when I was putting Tuesdays with Maury the book together, recalling what happened in a class when he decided to basically walk in and not say a word. Listen. I remember one class I came in, I sat down, didn't say a word. People started getting uncomfortable. I didn't say a word. Finally, somebody said, speaks up and says, are you the teacher? I said, yeah. That's all. And what happened? It got very uncomfortable. It's what happens when you change the expectation. Right. You get uncomfortable. You can't go with it. So every class had something. You sit down and come in. Everybody's quiet. Nobody says a word. I wait. Finally somebody says, why don't we get started? We're wasting time. You know, I want them to take the initiative. So then somebody will sort of like, take up the sub-leadership role and say, what's going on? So oh, I had a bad time, this blah, blah, blah. And, Somebody say, 
what, what right do you have to take over? Right away, you got a quarrel right. going, right? Right. Or a little combat. It's happening. Uh -huh. I don't have to create it. Uh -huh. Life happens. <laughs> you don't have to create it. That's a very instructive sentence from an instructor. Life happens. You don't have to create it. So this holds hmm. for when you are sitting outside in nature and you just decide not to talk and listen. It's amazing all the life that you can hear if you stop talking or take your headphones out, stop yep. listening to music or whatever, and just listen. The same street that you will walk down, we're all taking walks now during COVID-19, but people will go out, I'll see they'll go out walking and they'll have their earbuds, the white earbuds sticking right. out of their ears. And so they're either on a phone call and you can hear them talking or they're listening to an audio book which has engaged them, or they're listening to music or a podcast or something like that. Maybe our podcast. Maybe you're listening to our podcast now as you're walking. And if you are, at the risk of losing you momentarily as a listener, for purposes of this discussion, take the earphones out and just stand still for a second and just open your ears and you will hear bird sounds, bug sounds, distant roarings of lawnmower sounds, maybe a faraway street traffic, depending on how close you are, mm -hmm. a distant car horn. You might hear music wafting out of somebody's window. But these are all things, I promise you, if you were focused on talking, if you're on a phone call, you're not hearing them. Unless it's a, right. a, a blasting truck you're not hearing them. You can block it all out because you're concentrating on what you're having to say. Your mind, your ears are turned inward and you're listening to your own voice. And as you see with Maury in that class, when there was no voice to lead you as a teacher, you, you, you're a student in class, you're expecting the teacher to walk in and say something. Now the teacher's there, but the teacher's not saying anything. You're looking at the teacher, the teacher's looking at you, you're looking at the teacher, teacher's looking at you, you're looking at other kids, they're looking at you, you're looking at the teacher, he's looking at the other kids. But you're not hearing anything. The silence makes you ultimately, as it did with some of these other kids, say, well, I've got to say something, I've got to say something. Now, Maury would have been perfectly happy letting everybody sit in silence because mm -hmm. there was something to be learned from the silence. Just as you heard him start to say, there was something to be learned from people's discomfort with silence, their discomfort with silence. How often are you at a dinner table and there's a lull in the conversation and someone will make a remark, hmm, everybody got so quiet all of a sudden, you know, or right. oh, I, I, <laughs> must all be eating at the same time. Uh, there's almost got to be like an explanation for why things go quiet. I, I'll never forget uh, my father when he was uh, working, you know, years ago, he often would have to travel to uh, meet with people from other companies. He was in contract negotiations for the company that he worked for. And one time he went to Japan and he came back from Japan and he told me that he had learned something very interesting. And I said, well, what was it? I was, you know, just a teenager. And he said, so we sat down to have this negotiation with the Japanese business people who we were dealing with. And we made our presentation to them and told them what it was. And then we finished. And we sat down and we waited for them to comment. And they didn't say anything. 
a minute passed, two minutes passed, three minutes passed, must have felt like an eternity. And my father said, finally, after three minutes, we were all looking at one another. We must have been so terrible that they can't even come. So we finally said, well, why aren't you saying anything? And they looked at my father and they said, we're thinking. Oh. And it's just, he was so impressed with that. And he said, you know, there's something to be learned from our expectations here in the West Mm -hmm. and and, and what we do and, and other parts of the world where it's okay to just sit and think and okay to just take time, listen to your own thoughts, absorb what's out there. Same thing with dinner. There are a lot of cultures where when people eat dinner, um, I remember when I uh, first got to Haiti and we were you know, operating the orphanage. We took over the operating of the orphanage and uh, we had the kids come inside to sit at the newly constructed tables inside the newly constructed dining room, which we were very proud of. And everybody got a chair. So all the kids came in and we made a really nice meal of chicken and stew and rice. It was really, you know, by Haitian standards, it was it was a feast. And we put the plates in front of all of our kids. At that time, probably 30, 30 plus kids or whatever, maybe up to 40. And they sat down and after they said their prayer, we said, I said, all right, dig in. And everybody started eating. And it was just quiet. I waited a minute, two minutes, nothing. <laughs> Looking around, they're just eating. Nobody's talking. So I pulled one of our directors aside. We stepped outside. And I said, I don't get it. Like, what did we do wrong? We built this beautiful dining room. Everybody got their own chair. You know, got food. How come nobody's talking? And he said to me, well, up till now, the only time the kids have ever had chairs to sit in is in church. So for Uh them, this is kind of like going to church. And so in church, you're taught you have to be quiet, silent. So they're being quiet. Now, it had never occurred to me that that could be where their silence was coming from. But again, different cultures absorb noise differently. So why am I telling you this? Why is this maybe interesting, but what's, what is there to be learned from this? Why am I bringing this up on this Tuesday in early July of 2020? Because we find ourselves in a time where everybody seems to want to express an opinion. Oh, boy. Some are expressing their opinions digitally, Angrily, but digitally. Some are expressing their uh, opinions verbally through digital form, Instagram videos of themselves and et cetera. And some are expressing their opinions in person in the form of protests that are going on all across the country, uh, mostly in cities, in different areas. And they are screaming, screaming to be heard. We have seen many confrontations where protesters are literally screaming in the face of police officers who have been ordered essentially to stand down and not engage back, not even talk back, which must be extremely unnatural for the police officers involved, that someone is screaming at you, screaming questions at you, screaming insults at you, and you have to stand there stone-faced and not respond. A different form of silence. So people are yelling and going after one another, and 
it occurs to me that this is a valuable time to remember what Maury taught us, taught me, and all the students he had about silence, that there is something that you can gain from being quiet, something you can gain from just listening to what's going on around you, what's going on in the room, what's going on with the people there without expressing your opinion. And Maury learned so much from that little experiment. Think about that. By not talking, by not talking, he quickly learned in that room full of students who was aggressive, who was the kind of take charge student who said, well, what's going on here? We need to do something about who was more passive, who got anxietous, you know, who, who the silence really made mm-hmm. kind of creeped them out and they were uneasy and fidgeting in their chair. He learned all that without ever having to ask a question because people presented themselves in his silence. They revealed themselves in his silence. Well, I am suggesting to you that at this very delicate time when everybody is worried about, well, what if I say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or I don't comment? I I say the right thing, but I don't say it right enough. (laughs) You know, I I say the right thing, but I don't say it loud enough. I say the right thing, but I don't say it at the right time. There may be value in just listening. Just listen. There is a reason that people are as upset as they are and why it's not for me to say is it a justifiable reason does the does the means justify the ends in terms of the type of things that are being expressed or or screamed or hollered versus what caused them that's that's not for me to say for or for this show to say but i can say that if we just did a little more listening and recognize, okay, there may be a moment here where my throwing my opinion on the pile is not really going to help. I may feel right. like I'm entitled to it. I may feel like, well, you've just said your opinion. Now here's my opinion. But that's part of the folly of thinking that conversation is a ping pong game. It's not a ping pong game. You don't have to return every ball over the net. Sometimes you can right. just let the ball bounce, bounce, bounce and fall off the table. And you can be done with it and say your reaction is, hmm. I remember uh, a very famous football player by the name of Barry Sanders, who was one of the greatest running backs in the history of the National Football League. And Barry was a quiet guy. And nobody could quite understand why he was so quiet, given that his talent was so prodigious. And he did these amazing things. And one time... He gained something like 230 yards in a game. And everybody gathered around his locker after the game to try to talk to him. But I noticed that his locker looked like he'd already been at it and was gone. You can kind of tell after years in the locker room when somebody has sort of taken... You look for like an extra pair of shoes or you look for like uh, today's clothes being hung on the hanger versus just like the, the odd sport coat that's always on the hanger. So right. I got a, I just got a, a hint, a clue in my head. And so instead of standing in the big scrum of people waiting at his locker, I went out the back door, which is where the parking lot is, to the car. Uh-huh. And sure enough, I see Barry Sanders walking to his car by himself. So I come running up to him and I say, Barry, Barry. And he says, hi, Mitch. Yeah, he knew me. That's all, nothing. I said, Barry, um, you know, there's all these people back at 
your locker waiting for you. Really? That was <laughs> really? And I said, yeah. He goes, why? I said, because you gained like 230 yards and it's a big number and I don't know, it was a record or whatever and they all want to talk to you about it. He goes, hmm. And then he just <laughs> kept walking. So <laughs> sometimes, hmm, is the best response. That, right. you know, you don't have to always counter an opinion with an opinion. And in this particular time where there is almost a baiting, a baiting, B-A-I-T-I-N-G, of certain people to try to get you to say something right or wrong, try to get you to agree with what their particular position is, or try to get you to reveal that deep down you have the wrong position, or just trying to get you into an argument, hmm, maybe a better response. Right. Really? Maybe a better response. I need to think about it. Maybe a better response than having to come back with something. But we in this country feel like an opinion expressed by another person is a little bit of like an attack on our opinions. And therefore, and social media has done this worse oh, than anything. Talk radio contributed to it before social media. But talk radio, one of the things about talk radio is that they say only about 2% of any audience for any show actually calls into the show. The other 98% just listen at home. Right. But they don't call in. So you're not really, you're not getting everybody involved. You're getting the people who are sort of have to dial yep. a phone. and all that. But when someone sends out a tweet to a bunch of different people and all those people respond, those are people feeling like they've got to say something. They've got right. to say something. And you don't always have to say something. It's not always that important. Listen to Maury, who had to learn as he was losing his voice, losing the ability to talk because of ALS. Every week his voice would be thinner, weaker, and he lived in fear of the day that he would no longer be able to speak, which strikes many ALS people earlier than it did Maury. Sometimes one of the first things to go is your ability to, to talk, and then you know, you're know you left to just try to communicate with letters or typing, or if your hands still work, you could type something or whatever. Right. Uh, well, he lived in great fear of that, and listen to what he drew from that experience. I'm learning how difficult it is to be with silence for most people in this culture including myself. But as I get more silent, I'm learning the great value of silence. And the value is that you can see more clearly others, what they're up to, and you can hear yourself more clearly because you're not all jumbled up with your voice, but just your inner voice. Those are, again, really important words. You're not all jumbled up with your voice, just your inner yep. voice. You can tell yourself what you're thinking when you hear other people or other people's opinions. You watch something, whatever. But you're not out there spewing it out there. Mm -hmm. Which once you do it, you know that famous expression, better to not speak and appear dumb than to speak and remove all doubt. Right? <laughs> you know, once, once you've spoken... 
you put yourself out there and now that hasn't gone over well, you can't take it back. So you know what? I'll just be quiet no. now. Right. Well, you can't be quiet. You know, th- this is the problem. Well, you said it before. Social media is really antithetical to s- silence these days. Right. You know what I mean? You post things expecting people to say something back. And when you're talking about the um, 2% audience from radio, that really struck me because, you know, I've quit Facebook, like, can't even tell you how many times. I just go, I don't want to be on here anymore, and I can't take this anymore. And I'll have so many people write me private messages that say, no, please don't leave. We love what you post. We listen to you all the time. These are people that have never commented on anything I've said ever. They're people who are just sitting silently back and reading, you know, yet you have those same 30 people that jump in the fray constantly. And, you know, it takes everything in my power to not jump back and to not say anything. So sometimes it's easier for me just to say I'm walking away, you know, um, because it's it it makes it difficult to be silent, you yeah. know, and I really want to learn this like I this is a great episode for me personally, yeah. you know, you're a good listener, Mitch, let me tell you that you're a great listener. And that's why you're such a good reporter, you know, and when you do interviews with people, you're great at listening. And you told me that once before a great interviewer listens, you know, and maybe people don't realize that when they listen to an interview, but you need to stop and step back and let the other person do the talking. Right. Well, you mentioned, you know, you feel this is a good lesson for you, and I'm sure there are other people who feel the same way. And and I think part of that is because we just don't spend a lot of time learning how to be quiet. It's not Mm -hmm. something that's frequently taught in our culture, and almost everything in our culture teaches us the opposite. What do you think? Right. Tell us what you think. Look at it. Even you can't even go to a website for a an ice cream store or a or a clothing shop, and it's like we love your feedback. Give us your feedback. Right. What they really want <laughs> is your email address. But you know, give us your yeah. feedback. We love to hear from you. We love to hear from you. We love to hear from you. We love to. Hear. Everybody wants to hear from you, and you can start to get this sense that yeah, I matter. And of course, Twitter and Facebook. The more people who are on it, the more successful it is. So they want you to sign up. You know, don't have a Facebook page? Click here so you can sign up for a Facebook page. It's in their best interest to have you, but it creates this false sensation inside you that your voice is so important to the conversation. Really, your data is more important to the conversation. You as a customer for the advertiser is important to the conversation. The more you write, the more you reveal of yourself, particularly in social media, the more they know what adds to target you. You are valuable to these social media platforms as a number. Your opinion really isn't that important to them. You may think it is because that's how the thing is set up. Twitter is basically set up for you to express your opinion. Facebook is basically set up for you to post memories or comment on things. But the the guys who run Facebook, the guys who run Twitter, they don't care if you have an opinion or if you just posted the letter T T T T T T T in a row. All they care is that you're on there and they can cater to you, advertise to you, (laughs) count you in their numbers so that they can make money. So your opinion, what I'm saying is, while you may feel that the world is waiting for your opinion, it really isn't. On the other hand, if you can be the clever one, clever enough to say, okay, everybody else out there thinks that the world has to hear their opinion. 
Let me sit back, be quiet, watch what they say. And this is especially true, folks, when there is an event. All right, an event, uh, whether it's the George Floyd event, whether it's the NASCAR Mm -hmm. noose event, uh, whether it's uh, uh, COVID uh, development uh, that, that, that is shocking in one way or the other. There is such a value, such a value to being quiet and waiting, waiting for the details, waiting for the investigation, waiting for the verification of the data that's being reported on instead of immediately, did you see this? Can you believe this? I can't believe it. Well, you can't believe it because you're this. Well, I can't believe it because I'm that. And it turns out that the thing was a wisp of smoke. It wasn't really what you thought it was. Don't you feel smarter when you didn't jump into that fray, when you listened instead of spoke, when you went silent instead of making noise? This is a really valuable tool in today's world. Now, there, I would also postulate that there are times when, when people are angry, a group of people, a group of society is angry and really wants to express its opinion and needs to be heard. Sometimes the best thing that you can do for yourself as well as for society is to just sit back and listen. You don't have to say, yeah, but. You don't have to say, oh, yes, I agree with you. Remember, I'm, I'm not just talking about contentiousness. I'm talking about right. people jumping to jump on board that bandwagon and say, oh, yes, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I'm the, be, be, because there's ramifications to that, too. You know, if you're going to jump forward and say, I'm with this movement, I'm with, eventually they're going to say, well, prove it. What are you doing? You said, oh, look boy, at yep. all these tweets that you have here about saying yep. how much you're, you're with this and with that. What have you done for it? So right. you're, there's a piper to be paid if you just keep shooting your mouth off about how down with the movement you are, whatever the movement may be, whatever we're talking about. So again, there may just be value to listening. And when you yep. don't talk, you can really hear. There's so much more time to hear what other people have to say. I asked Maury why this doesn't happen more, why people just don't naturally find their way to silence. Here's a bit of that conversation. Do you think people are afraid of being with themselves by and large? That's why they talk so much. Or that's why they have the TV on in the house even when they're not watching it. And I have to keep being reminded that they're alive. Because mm-hmm. most people are not fully alive. Mm-hmm. They walk around like they're in a dream. Mm-hmm. You keep the radio on so you hear something, so you know you're alive. Mm-hmm. You keep chattering with the other person, mm-hmm. so you know you're alive. Mm-hmm. And you also know in some way that you matter. Now, mind you, Maury was saying this in 1995. There was no such thing as the internet. There was no such thing as Facebook, or uh, or maybe they were inventing it at Harvard. I don't know, but it wasn't out there for all of us to <laughs> to use. There was no such thing as Instagram or Twitter. And yet, these words are so true. You think about it. People have to be reminded that they're alive because most people aren't fully alive. Oh, they yeah. don't. They walk around like they're in a dream. So they connect via social media and they get likes, and they get thumbs up. 
or they get even an argument back and it's like, okay, I matter, I matter. Right. But the truth mm-hmm. is you mattered before that. You matter right now and you don't matter more because of how many friends you have on Facebook or how many followers you have on Twitter. That's not the measure of mattering. And some of us think that we can't matter unless we express our opinion. Because how else will anybody know I'm here? I need to scream Mm -hmm. as loud as the other people are screaming to be heard. But you don't. And when you can develop the confidence within yourself to know that I matter, whether I voice an opinion on this thing or not, I know what my own values are. Hopefully your values are, you know, involved with living a good life, being kind to others, giving to other people, sharing with other people. There's there's nothing uh, simple or uneventful or non-consequential to that type of life. Right. You matter. You don't matter more because of the decibels that you kick up on a VU meter or the number of thumbs up, little digital thumbs up you get because you post something. Take a break, go silent for a little while, try one of these little experiments like Maury was trying about. Hey, well, so how will the world sound if I just go silent for a second? How will it sound if, if, if uh, I get involved in a Zoom chat and I let other people talk longer than I normally do and I don't jump in <laughs> before it's like, okay, it's my turn, it's my turn. Mm-hmm. I find sometimes, I do a, a one other podcast, a sports podcast called The Sports Reporters, and it's always been three people and a host usually, but we just do the three people now. And I remember my early days on the show. Many of you may have watched it. It was on ESPN on Sunday mornings. It was a popular show. I remember my early days on that back 20-some-odd years ago that I would always in my head be counting after I finished talking then Mike or Bob or the two guys who I was most often with, okay, Mike's talking now. He's talking, he's talking. He's, he's probably almost done. I have to let Bob talk because he hasn't talked yet. But as soon as Bob talks, I'm ready, to, I'm ready with my next, next comment. I'm ready to go. I got my comment. Ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> right. This was the internal thing in my head. And as right. time passed, and I didn't worry about whether they were going to not let me come back on the show or not, and I guess you know, it was more confident. And now in the podcast version, I find myself sometimes just listening to what Mike says, and then Bob will say something, and then Mike will say something back to him, and Bob will say something back to him. And I, then I realize in my head, hmm, I would not have allowed this much conversation to go by in the old days. I would have said, I got to get in there. I got to be heard. Yeah, right. It's my turn. Instead of listening, and I, but I'm, I'm much better at it now because I listen to what they say. And when there's something to be said, I jump in because I say, well, I have right. something to say about that. But not because it's my time to say something. Not because, oh, well, Twitter just shot me back 200 responses to the tweet that I put out. I've got to respond to that. Or exactly. somebody on Instagram made a comment, so I've got to comment back. And then they made a comment, so I've got to comment back. It's my turn. Ah, it's my it's turn. Exhausting. The, what I call the ping pong ball <laughs> nature of what we think is dialogue. That's not what dialogue's supposed to be. No, it is exhausting, by the way, too, when you think about that, that you have to answer everybody who answers you and what a time suck that is. And and it's also like, I'm like that with texts too. I I notice when I look at my text thread, I always have to be the, the last texter. You know what I mean? So if somebody texts something, I either even if it's just a thumbs up or a, right. 
hey, like I feel like if I don't acknowledge what they said, then that makes me a bad right. person. Right. So all of my texts, the last word I see is you, 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 <laughs> meaning that I'm the last one who got the word in. Not that I feel like I have to get the word in, but sometimes I feel like I have to acknowledge everybody. But right. that gets like really really exhausting right. and social think media of, makes think it of the time worse. you would save if you didn't have to do all that oh think, think after of, this show's the... over i'm never talking again <laughs> <laughs> well we don't want that lisa because your conversation is valuable to people but uh, you think about those those texts where it's like a simple thing uh do you want to meet up yeah what time works for you i can do 4 30 or 5 30 uh, maybe 4.30 would be better. Okay, you want to do 4.30? <laughs> yeah, let's do 4.30. All right, 4.30 it is then. Got it. Thank you. Thank you too. See you. See you. Bye. Okay, got it. Got it. It's like, okay. You had to type every one of those. Every one of those. They're not that necessary. There's. It's okay to just end it. And whether yeah, it it's is. something as innocuous as that conversation or whether it's something as volatile as the conversations and the national dialogues that are going on now, remember that you always have the right, as they say in the court system, to remain silent, but not mm. because something will be used against you, but simply because it's a human right to think, as those Japanese businessmen said, well, I, I'm just going to use this time to think. I love that. Let us think. So, so much better conversation emerges after a period of thinking than in, after a period of reaction. Mm -hmm. And the former takes longer than the latter. So don't be afraid of silence. Don't be afraid of if the teacher in the room walks in and doesn't say anything. Look at it as what can I learn from this and not, oh my God, my clock is ticking. I need to say something. Right. And don't feel insulted or uncomfortable like you said something wrong if you say something and somebody doesn't respond back because I think that's one of those things right. too you know like you'll say something and all of a sudden the person doesn't respond and you're like oh god did I insult you yeah. did I just say something wrong and the, the truth like, is they just may have put down their phone because the baby was crying and they had to go right. take care of that there's there's a thousand things or maybe like the Japanese they're just thinking just thinking, they're thinking about it thinking about you a good know? response we really there's nothing the matter with like thinking Silence is so uncomfortable for so many people. And I think sitting in silence really is good. And and there's some Del Carnegie thing. I think it's Del Carnegie that like when you go to a party, it's very important for you to listen to people. And right. you'll be more remembered if you ask people questions about themselves and listen right. than you will if you go to that party and talk about yourself That's right. for the whole time. That's right. So listen, it's better. I'm with you. And with that, we're going to give everybody a chance to listen and be silent by ending the program. So keep that in mind. We do this every Tuesday, and we're so glad to have you joining us here. There's just no shortage of lessons that I have learned over the quarter century since uh, penning Tuesdays with Maury and trying to live out as many of those lessons in my own life as I can. And We do uh, one different one every week, so we sort of continue the process of a last class, and in this way, my old professor lives on, and I get to be both student and teacher. Uh, I guess that would be a student teacher uh, <laughs> in his absence. And uh, please feel welcome or tell your friends to join us uh, as well and in our communities out there, although you do not feel compelled to answer anything. 
But WeTuesdayPeople.com <laughs> is where you can find our uh, all of our home communities and the conversation pages and things like that. Uh, until we have a chance to talk to you again, on behalf of Lisa Goich, this is Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People. <laughs>